0: This is a Full The Now media production. Hello, my name is Tony Grundy. But I guess you know that by now, because for the last six months, I have presented Grundy's Grumbles on this weekly podcast. This week's episode 24, entitled A Reprise and the New Radio Opportunities. This is the last in the series, which I hinted at last week. As a result guess what happened? I got told off from one and all. You can't do that, said somebody. What am I going to do on a Friday night now, said Rosemary Conamere in a very accusing way. You can't end next week. What's wrong with you, (laughs) says Simon Cowellar. I can't believe next week is the last installment of Grundy's Grumbles, says Andrew Charlie Charles. Then a longer one, funny one, from Mike Smith. He says, thank you for sharing the story, of how a good northerner showed the surly southerners how to make a success of communicating to a local community. Segregating yourself from a possible life of pudding, chips and gravy. Truly selfless, inspirational even, he says. It was a pleasure to join you on the journey. You have been good company on the M6 at 6am on a Monday morning. Thanks, Mike. Thank you each and all for your weekly comments. Lots of individual thanks later in this episode. See if you get a name check. As you know, I have tried to give you an insight into the wonderful world of local radio. That is, no more. I wanted it to be an honest appraisal of those highs and lows. In the beginning, when I described my early days in Manchester, my main aim, to be truthful, was to become a top professional footballer. And my dad was a geological engineer, so there was a big gap in thinking, how could I get into commercial radio? Because it didn't even exist then in the 50s and 60s. As you know now, one of the early episodes was entitled, Is Your Dad Bill Grundy? Because dad went from engineering to being a presenter on commercial television with Granada, when just about everybody said that ITV would fail. Dad actually did very well. And for me, probably then the broadcast gene was implanted without me really knowing. What that meant for me was after Dad told Manchester City, I wasn't going to sign for them when I was 15, that a move to commercial radio was not so foreign to me when it eventually happened in 1974. Again, lots of people were saying, including my dad, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Well, I did it, Sodden, then and for the next 45 years. Piccadilly was my first station, under the leadership of the genius that was Philip Birch. From the first moment, yes, I was a pioneer, but more importantly, I could make a great success of this, I believe, and I would become an MD. I was totally convinced of that. What that meant was that to achieve that goal, I would probably have to be prepared to move house and relocate whenever, sensibly, these opportunities came up. So what that meant for my long-suffering wife, Sue, was all the upheaval that accompanies such ambition. Sue always believed in me and supported the necessary changes. She might have thought I was mad, but she supported me. You have at times commented on my progress and recognised that almost on the turn of a coin sometimes, things could have gone very differently. For instance, once, very rashly, when I was at Piccadilly, I was headhunted. Off I went, but for one month, I realized I'd made a massive mistake. And before making a crawling phone call to Philip Birch to plead to have a meeting with him to get my job back, Birch let me back into Piccadilly. Would you believe this? The very day I did it, I got a phone call when I started back there to say, there was a sales manager's job available at Radio Victory in Portsmouth. Right place, right time, hey? So off we trotted 250 miles, married for one year, and all of our families up there left in Manchester. I think on reflection, you also need to be a little bit crazy not to look back at a time like that. I learned how to be a sales manager. I learned to sports broadcast at that same station. My mission was to know all parts of the business before becoming an MD. Some of the pressures my ambition created didn't deter me. But Sometimes things happen for a reason, to change the direction for a time. Because whilst I was at Radio Victory, I was headhunted into the motor trade. It's a very good thing to do because I learned to be the client. I was a marketing director of a major client of Radio Victory. I became a director. I had a car. Sue had a car as well very good salary, a large marketing budget. What could possibly go wrong? Well, try an oil crisis, a massive economic downturn led to my redundancy. On the on that day, Sue also announced she was pregnant with our first baby, and I received a writ of £10,000. On that same day, served on the committee members' of the football club I was then playing for, Chichester City. You could not easily have planned for that day. Well, certainly not too far in advance. But as I've said a few times to you, when things go badly wrong, you're entitled for a short time to feel sorry for yourself. But very quickly, you, yeah, you have to pick yourself up and go again. You have to do that. Nobody else. So doing that got me back on the radio track with a big job at Leeds with a big station launch. I learned loads, although moving house, changing jobs, first baby on the way, and running your first ever marathon all at the same time probably made life a little more difficult than it should have been, understatement of the year. Leeds and Radio Air was always, in quotes, interesting, and ended two and a half years later. When effectively I reported to four acting or actual managing directors for a per- in a period of about five weeks before I decided it might be a good time to move on. The very day I did, I got a phone call to say, I w- uh, "Was I interested in the sales manager's job at Radio Two and O in Reading?" I never looked back, but how come I got that call on that very day? Weird, isn't it? 2-0 Reading was absolutely the right place at the right time. And in no time at all, well, a year actually, I became an MD for the first time. I was absolutely loving it. It was my first year as MD, and we had to reapply for the licence. If you don't get the licence back, you're out of work. So that could have been very short term. But we won it back. And the rest of that 2-0 story was just so exciting. You learn many, many things, including the politics of working and dealing with a board of directors. The David Hamilton story came on the back of all of that, doubling audiences and revenues. The only issue was that it was happening at a time in the industry when stations were merging and bigger groups being formed. So the dilemma for me as a rookie MD was get your station bigger or get gobbled up. The eventual big partners, GWR, created another dilemma for me. Could I accept being, as I became, a deputy chief executive of a bigger group? Well, the answer basically was no. I did it for 12 months, but it was hell. So self-employment, setting up my own training company, was the result. For once, the good thing about that was it didn't mean moving for Sue, Vicky, and Fran. The Thames Valley still is our home to this day, contrasting with all the years of moving house. The training business flourished on the back of my teacher training qualifications and even took me into lecturing at Warwick University. I'm going to say that again, into lecturing at Warwick University. Not even I would have believed that for five years I would become the lead negotiation lecturer at Warwick University for training British aerospace rocket scientists. Sometimes I can't even believe believe the things I'm saying to you, but that was true. Just when I needed something new, ha uh-huh, ha, along came two license bids in the Thames Valley. One in Newbury, which I pulled together and we won. Then even better, even better, the Reading license bid with what eventually became Reading 107. It was my big chance to go back into the town I knew so well and take on the big group that 210FM had become part of. I think it was GCAP then, I, I, I can't remember. To win that license and have equity in both licenses, the Newbury one as well, was particularly pleasing. I talked recently of the joy of putting that station, Reading 107 together, and the brilliant people we had working there, and giving the competition a real run for their money. We were very good for the first few years we made a massive impression. The big shareholders on my board, though, tore chunks out of each other in their attempts to gain control. And to a certain extent, I was all too often caught in the crossfire. So eventually, I moved on, having received a settlement as a shareholder, but proud of what I had achieved. And that allowed me to look at other projects, like a license bid in nearby Oxford, which we didn't win. But it was a very good experience learning another marketplace as well. We won a community license in Watford with Matt Cadman, although not winning in Reading, that pissed me off a bit, but gave me new knowledge and experience of a brand of radio I hadn't been involved with before, and I became launch chairman at Watford. I also learned new skills uh, with Forever Living Products of a new business opportunity in multi-level marketing. The products were excellent, Aloe Vera-based. They are excellent, but the team-building element, which is necessary to achieve uncapped income. I worked very hard at, but ultimately I wasn't successful enough at doing that. Also, when I really needed to put more time in to that business, mum had become increasingly ill and I could see a situation whereby I would probably be running some team meeting and not be able to dash off to Manchester to help my family support mum. So I made the big decision to formally retire From my business and closed my company at the end of 2013, running into 2014. Trips up north did increase until finally, on the 4th of May 2015, my lovely mum died. Having spent 91 wonderful years being the most lovely person ever, six children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, a wonderful, wonderful lady. I miss her every day. As you know from a recent episode, before Mum died, I was asked to go back into Reading 107. We, between 2006 when I left and 2012, had six either acting or actual MDs. It was a real challenge and a compliment to be asked to go back in and sort it out. I even had time before I finally, finally left them to help them secure a DAB license, another license in Berkshire. It seemed an appropriate time to me anyway, To draw the proverbial line in the radio sand when I finalise there. I have spent in my days in recent years keeping fit, playing golf, gardening, and being prepared to speak to and help people in radio who I like as they develop in the industry. So all in all, I've absolutely loved every minute of my 45 years plus in the business. Clearly, as you've observed, not everything always goes to plan, but it's one hell of an industry. Actually being asked by For The Now Media to put together these podcasts has been a real pleasure. In fact, Ali Munjak, who owns that company, actually commissioned me to perform Grundy's Grumbles, came into my radio world as a slightly harassed-looking new sales executive at Newbury Sound many years ago. I needed to sit her down and explain how it all worked. All these years later, now she is hiring me to work for her company. I think that's a nice radio story. Also, what has been nice is to get to your feedback and comments, learning how people actually use these, effectively use these podcasts, to listen at a time and a place to suit them. People have talked about making commute journeys more bearable, listening whilst in the bath or when you're out for a run or a walk. Some people listen the moment the podcast comes out on spotify others wait for a time to suit later for train journeys etc that fascinates me because you're also spread around the world as well so it's been a pleasure grundy's grumbles fans one thing i'd like to briefly talk about are the new opportunities that now exist in commercial radio all those years ago in manchester commercial radio was just starting after the pirate stations had led the way before they were closed down at that time, everything really in radio term was controlled by the BBC. There was Radio Luxembourg, but they were small by comparison. So commercial radio was trying to break into a closed shop in those 70s days. The BBC certainly didn't want it to succeed and did that absolute utmost to destroy it by bringing in BBC local radio before commercial radio, anything they could do. But they couldn't stop it and it didn't fail. So today, in commercial radio terms, the UK industry, well, 92% of it is controlled by just two radio groups. As a result, many people in the old industry have been shut out, not just the broadcasters. That said, even during the lockdown pandemic days that we've had, there are new opportunities. The sheer number of online stations available is unbelievable. Many of them are hardly viable. It is a very tough advertising world. But there are opportunities with less regulation to build stations with all values on DAB. And I know some people at this very moment who are investigating those opportunities. Equally, there are new, fully financed opportunities for stations like podcast radio. Guess what that's about? Well, experienced people are behind that and developing the podcast theme. And I wish them well with it, obviously. Also, again, very experienced people are launching online on DAB a station called Boom Radio. The target baby boomers, in a funny sort of a way, are exactly the people who've been listening to this podcast. And they've had enough of the network rubbish that is produced elsewhere. Also, the BBC, Radio 2 in particular, being the biggest station, are fat and complacent. And I believe these new guys will give them... A run for their money. For instance, Roger Day, rep for Show presenter at Piccadilly Radio, and Diddy David Hamilton have got daily programs. So they know what they're doing. Times Radio is another brand that's launched to rival some of the very predictable BBC political and news coverage. My final thanks are with you, the listeners, who have tuned in every week to the podcast, poor souls. Obviously, people from the radio industry, but I've been impressed by the range of people who've gained. The GG habit. Let's name check some of you: Rosemary Conover, my lovely cousin, who always wanted to know the detail of what I was, dri- what car I was driving, what I was wearing. She loved, just loved, the stories. Mike Smith, who is a young neighbour of mine in the village where we still reside. Mike's now launching his own company and has found GGs has been very useful on his commuting journeys to Wolverhampton. His only criticism at one stage was to say. We need these podcasts to be longer for the whole of my journey. Good luck. with job, mate, Mike, the new company. Good radio friends like Andy Jones, Robert Kenny, Matt Cadman, Andrew Charlie Charles, Geoff Hopkins, Deborah Mann, Joanna Bishop, you communicated with me to ensure I remembered things correctly. Ben Allen, a financial man, who would have just loved to have worked full time in radio, never happened, but he was in contact weekly. Hugh Davis Davis, who once worked with the Radio Authority, now lives abroad, keeps in regular touch. John Peacock, a fitness guru friend of mine, followed every episode. There's another name check, John. Up the Bees. My daughter, Fran, very often was listening in her gym. Sarah Kirkham, another fitness guru, who's also a lovely friend, listens every week. Steve Mason, starting as a 17-year-old at the original Reading 107. Listens every week. Renata Louise, a good friend who was at 2 0, said the podcast have evoked all the memories of the names and times when she was involved. Simon Cowlard often listens minutes after this goes up on Spotify, and he's a good footballing friend as well. Harry Robinson, an avid fan. Now, I knew Harry from way back when in Portsmouth as a business contact, but he's remained a friend ever since. Howard Bowles, also a friend to this day, but he was a radio station client from many years back, never misses. Andy Callahan met me through Forever Living Products, but also became a good friend. Fiona uh, Grant Robertson, part of my family's lovely Scottish contingent, listens every week. Warren Lee, a regular listener. And a good friend of mine from the Reading 107 days, a great journal, as is Hugh Broom. Liz Bracken, friend back from the Piccadilly days and the reunions she's put together. Also, a mention for Barry Denton, 210 guru, Ian Hickling, Peter Wilkinson, Paul Newman and, and Paul Davis, all in regular contact. Sharon Brown, who came to work in, in sales at 0, also lives in Australia, Sydney listens every week, and enjoys the stories. Graham Ledger, Graham Rogers, also X210, enjoy the podcast. Simon Barker is a neighbour of mine and a talented nature and wildlife photographer. Probably the most recent uh, correspondent is actually also a neighbour of mine, Andrew Harden Sweden, who, well, we just had a chat one day when we were walking the dogs, and, of course, I told him, because uh, he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm doing a weekly podcast, Grundy Grumbles. I didn't think any more about it till the other day. I got a long email saying that he'd listened to all the episodes and he'd really enjoyed them. And the stories of Radio 210 had evoked a number of childhood memories for him. Apparently his dad, a real jazz aficionado, used to help Alan Gilchrist with his weekly jazz programme. So good memories for him and a good radio story. My close family, Jane Southcott, Dory Young, Sue and Fran Grundy, Joe and Lauren Grundy, Amy Diaz Grundy, and cousins Rosemary Connaber and Brenda Lowe, who never missed, all supported my weekly efforts, poor souls. I know it sounds like an award ceremony acceptance speech, and you know how they go, where the speaker says, I'd also like to thank my mum and dad in a very tearful way, without whom I would not be here. Well, that's true. But anyway, I think you get the point. Thank you, all of you. I've enjoyed taking you on the journey. And who knows what will be next in the podcast series. Speak to you very soon, I hope. See you later. Bye. Grundy Scrumbles with Tony Grundy is a For The Now media production. If you would like to get in touch with Tony or have any radio stories of your own, email tony at forthenow.co.uk.